falling down London Bridge and all the things that you dreamed of as you stared across the river at it. I love you but I have to go because there's nothing else I can do except for mourning you in solitude when I eventually arrive on safer shores of course. But for now all I can do is pull away my fingertips from your grasping desperate hand, tear my eyes from the face I've stared at for a lifetime and walk away. I love you but I have to go because you have to die so that I can live and I know that you'll never understand why but I love you more than my departure suggests and I know that this is best but something about the way that you wail makes it so hard to hang it all up and go the sky is aflame we swipe the clouds left and right with warm hands but you know that I have to go don't you I love you but I have to go I love you, but you have to let me go. And I tell you, no, I won't forget you, but the way you cling to what's left of me shows that you know that I will. I take one last look at your familiar eyes. Your gaze so defeated under the glassy guard of the Thames. And my hand hurts without you to hold it, but the world is aflame and the sun is sleeping on the ground. And I love you, but I have to go. I'll never know if you were crying as you slip further under the surface, but you had to die so I could live, reborn and free of who I was with you. I love you, but I have to go. Maybe one day when it all cools down, you can come back around, but for now I'll have to rebuild a new girl for us to be. I love you and I'll come back for you one day. Okay, so the next part of the podcast um, contains spoilers for various series of the television show Doctor Who. Um, So... I just thought you should know that. Um, I'll put timestamps below so you can skip forward if you don't want spoilers for things because I'm terrible at talking about things without spoiling them, sorry. Someone sent me um, a, a video where they had 
used one of my songs, uh, Fantasy, which I'm obligated to tell you uh, comes from my new album, uh, which you can buy uh, and stream and download on Friday. Um, but you can listen to Fantasy now on my SoundCloud. Um, <laughs> but um, they, they had used my song um, for like a... It's like, I mean, I didn't know people like were still doing this because I remember when I was when I was younger, people would make like music videos that they use use like different songs and like clips from like films or TV shows, like because I used to be in like the Harry Potter fandoms and that, and I used to make some and Star Trek ones and like, you know, if you really liked a character, you'd like use a song to like make a music video of them or you know, like a couple that you liked, that kind of thing. Um, and somebody made one uh, with my song Fantasy for uh, the 10th Doctor and Rose Tyler from Doctor Who. And firstly, I was, I, I found it so sweet and so lovely because it's like, the fact that someone liked my song enough to do that was really nice for me. Um and it was it was very good as well by the way um <laughs> but also it made me really nostalgic because i used to fucking love doctor who i did i when i tell you God, one of my best friends from uni we basically became friends because we both liked doctor who um and you know comic books and stuff when um Donna is my favourite of the companions, by the way. <laughs> but my favourite Doctor is the Ninth Doctor. But that could be changing, and I'm going to explain for why. So I... Guys, I love fucking Doctor Who. I used to fucking love it. I remember... I don't know if anybody else remembers this, but I remember this. I was way too old for it, but I didn't care. When the series with Doctor was... With Doctor? With Donna was airing... <laughs> Um, I fucking love Catherine Tate. She's so fucking funny. I live for the bitch. But um, also, as it all turns out, her character of Derek, the guy who's like... You know, the, the guy who's like really in denial about the fact that he's gay. I didn't realise at the time. But God, that was me. But anyways, um, so when that series was airing, there was this magazine that used to get released. It was like a Doctor Who magazine. It it was technically for kids, but... <laughs> but who cares? I was still in full-time education at the time, so... I feel like it was fine for, for me to get it every, every time it came out. <laughs> um, but I... I used to read it every week. They used to have like little comic books in in like the magazine about like the episode that it aired the week before because it's like a weekly thing. And girl, I was living, I was living my best fucking life. Um, I want to say before anybody tries to fucking come for me 
for reading a magazine for children while watching a television show for children that I was 16 years old at the time okay and I was a very like young 16 in some ways in others no but in terms of my media input yes um, god I still watch cartoons now and I'm 29 <laughs> just the other day I was literally binge watching Balamori so I mean this is who I am sorry anyway <laughs> um but you know I'm a simple gal I also loved uh the 10th Doctor and Rose I feel like everybody did um but I stopped watching Doctor Who I think I think it was around the second Matt Smith series I don't, I don't know why I just did I guess it's because you know I was at uni at that point and I just also I found the whole like I I'm sorry if this is an unpopular opinion but I found Matt Smith as the doctor really cringe like the whole thing where he was like the just I don't know man I just I just felt like that but I have actually been re-watching Doctor Who because it's all on iPlayer well all of the new ones are not the older ones but the newer ones the ones that you know I I would have you know grown up with because you know I want to I want to stress by the way (laughs) that um the reboot of Doctor Who would have started when I was 13 so it's actually I'm just I'm just I'm defending myself even though nobody's coming for me but like (laughs) I just I mean there are fucking like grown men that were watching it at that point at the same time I was so I feel like maybe that's not so bad but you know what it was so cool like when it started originally because it was like oh my god as Billy Piper she used to be a main pop girl but now she's an actress this will be exciting to see and (laughs) um and I remember a couple of years later um I was I was in media studies well it's complicated because I did like early like I sat my my English language early for GCSE so we got to do like some extra stuff about like media and stuff as well which is why I chose to do media studies at A level because I really enjoyed like the few lessons we had of it um but one of the things we got to watch was a film called Let Him Have It which is about uh, a man called Derek Bentley who was basically murdered by the British state um I have actually talked about this on the show before I wrote uh, something a couple of months ago about it um but you should definitely look him up um and actually I think the film's on Amazon Prime right now but anyway I am getting to a point here but Christopher Eccleston is in that film and he plays Derek Bentley and I remember my teacher because everyone was like oh I don't want to watch it but then she went the doctor from Doctor Who's in it and everyone got really excited because I think that they thought that she meant David Tennant because like all the girls at school had a crush on David Tennant at the time but then I saw it was Christopher Eccleston and I was like yes yes king what an icon anyway (laughs) so i've been i've been re-watching 
you know, all of them. I, I, I got to the Matt Smith ones, and I have a confession to make. I skipped them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I am gonna go back and rewatch them. Okay, I will do that. I will. I just. I mean, there's a Scottish woman in his series. I don't know what I'm complaining about. That's like ideal for me, but. Um, but no, um, do you know why I skipped, well, no, I did watch like, I think like one Matt Smith one, the one where he regenerates because, oh shit, I should put a spoiler one in before this, but I'm sorry. You know what? This show's been up like decades or whatever. I, I might, but I might not. Anyway, um, this conversation that we are having right now is more confusing than the Dr. River Song timeline. Am I right, ladies? Anyway. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I went to watch the one where he regenerates because I was like, I want to see Malcolm Tucker as the, docker, as the doctor. I want to see it. I want to see it. And it was great. Although, and here comes another unpopular opinion because I'm reliably informed that everybody likes her. I was kind of like low-key like, because mm, I don't like Clara. I think the actress is probably very good. Um, and she's very... She's a very pretty girl. Um, I haven't really... I, I know she was in Emmerdale, I think. But... I mean, RIP to people that watch Emmerdale. But Emmerdale is, like, an old people soap opera. So I don't really watch that. Um, <laughs> like, sometimes it would be on when I was at my grandparents. And I'm sure she was great in that. But I just didn't find the character very interesting or compelling. Like, I was just like... This girl just seems... um, Poorly written. (laughs) And I think that's a shame, because apparently this girl's like a brilliant actress. And it's really unfortunate for her. So I was kind of low-key annoyed. Because I was like, oh my god. I have Malcolm Tucker here as a doctor, living my best life, but there's this, we don't, we don't care for her. But then, guys, skipped ahead again, because I, I'm like the queen of watching things out of order. I discovered Bill, and go, go. she a black working class lesbian in space I can relate I can relate what an icon we had no choice but to fucking stand we really had no choice but to fucking stand um I, I worked my way through all the episodes of Billin very quickly because I was like I love this girl <laughs> I would die for her I would kill for her I would um, probably like throw myself off a cliff for this woman. Um, I'm gonna go back and watch the other episodes that I have missed, and I am gonna try and watch um, with with the new doctor, who's who's a lady, because. I remember seeing that on the news when they, like, when it happened. And I remember just thinking, 
I don't watch that show anymore, but good for her. What an icon. So I'm I'm kind of looking forward to watching those as well. Um, how does this relate to what I just read, you may ask? Um, well, so there's quite a lot of episodes set in London, right? And... A lot of them have really pretty views of the Thames. And I was... <sighs> Sorry. I was watching... um The one where Bill and the Doctor go to London. But it's like all frozen and shit. <laughs> and, um... I started thinking about what we leave behind on our journey through the human experience. You know, like... And how it's difficult to separate who you are becoming from the person that you were. And who you need to be to survive from the pain that you feel is taking over your life and having to try and push that down and say, I can't be this person anymore. I can't be in pain anymore. I can't do that because I have to keep going and I have to survive. I have shit to do, you know? And that is where I'm at. I am trying to rebuild from a lot of difficult things. And it's really hard because... Because I have to leave someone behind. I have to leave the person that went through all that behind. I have to say, look, I'm sorry that that happened to you. I'm sorry that I couldn't stop it. I'm sorry that I probably can't completely fix you up right now. But I have to keep going. And one day, I will be able to reconnect with you and I can look back at things you've experienced your life and it won't all be pain it won't all be bad I won't look at it and want to cry my fucking eyes out but right now I'm not there and I, 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 I can't stick around and fix this for us I have to keep going so that we have something at the end of all this it can't have all been for nothing and I have to leave you behind. And for some reason, I had this image in my head of um, her just being stuck under some ice in the Thames. And so, <laughs> um, so there I was, watching my little show, writing my little poem, and trying to rebuild my little self. I'm in a cage that I have decorated with the decades of my downfall. 
In my new world it rains stones, heavy and humbling from the sky, and the ones who love me most become cannibals when the moonlight reveals my mistakes. Drinking cherry cola in the shadow of trees that have seen more than I ever will, I have become immortal in the Garden of Eden, susceptible like the sweet girl first spoken to by the snake. Because all I ever wanted was for someone to notice me, for my smile to start up a marching band, my eyes to leave scars on people's souls, and the snake says, I see you, my sweet one. So what can I do? I hold the apple in my hand and I am healed, seen and satisfied for the first time, but at what cost? I read something um, this week about how Facebook acknowledges in its own like research that they've done that uh, Instagram as a platform is very damaging to the self-esteem of young girls. And that made a lot of sense to me. <laughs> I actually, I remember when Instagram was kind of first a thing and, you know, at, at first everyone would, you know, would just post pictures of food and shit on it. Um, and like sometimes pictures but it was mainly pictures of food for some reason Um, it's kind of evolved into this platform where everything is incredibly deliberate everything is very highly managed um, and people spend a lot of time uh, creating a vision for their followers and a huge part of that tends to be this idea of like visual perfection you know what I mean and so I, I do understand how it has become very damaging to the way people see themselves because they see um, the people that they follow who have you know, perfect lives, and they have perfect bodies and faces and all this, and so of course you look at that and you feel insecure about yourself, and you think, why don't I look like that, why don't I have, you know, perfect skin, and, you know, why don't I have perfect hair and all that and you know I'm not gonna pretend to you that when I post a picture on social media I don't take fucking half an hour taking those pictures just fucking throwing away deleting like a ton of them because I'm like no, I don't like how I look there, I don't like, you know, this tiny little thing that honestly most people probably wouldn't even fucking notice, but I see it and it freaks me out and I'm like, no, 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 um, you know, and I do, I do the same thing, you know, everybody does, I think, at this point, 
And some people, they'll say, you know, oh, well, you could just, you know, just be real, just be authentic and all this, but... I feel like there is this point that you get to where it's like, I can't do that. Like, I can't. (laughs) I actually can't. Um... Like, sure, hypothetically, I could take a picture of myself right now as I am. Um, I'm currently, I'm recording this. Um, I don't have any makeup on. I haven't done my hair. Um, I have a little bit of lip balm on, not gonna lie to you. Obviously, it's my thing. Um, But I don't look particularly... Um, great at the moment and yes I could take a picture of that and I could put it on Instagram or on Twitter or on Tumblr and I could say you know hashtag no makeup or hashtag authentic or whatever the fuck the hashtag is this week I sure hypothetically I could do that But, but no, I can't. Why? Because here's the reason, okay? Here is the reason why I think people obsess over looking perfect. People just spend hours just getting a photo ready to put on fucking social media or whatever and this is the part that we never actually have a conversation about it's it's all you know be authentic be yourself be a good role model and everything but nobody wants to have the conversation about the fact that even if i put up the perfect picture where i mean this is never realistically going to happen because like I just don't look like that. But let's just say I managed to post a picture of me where I was um, super skinny, my skin looked flawless, my fucking makeup looked amazing, my hair looked great, absolutely nothing wrong with it, Um, beautiful outfit, great background, and also like there was a celebrity that everyone likes at the moment in the picture like with no context just the perfect picture right great caption absolutely nothing wrong with it i can promise you somebody would find something they didn't like somebody would find a fucking flaw with it and they would decide they need to bring that shit to my face okay and you know what that's more likely to happen if i don't try and preempt that by taking out all the aspects of my image as a person and who I am and what I look like that people don't like. If like I'm sorry if this is shattering some delusions. Um but people can be fucking mean. You know? If I were to post a picture right now of how I looked, there would be I mean, yeah, maybe there'd be some people who'd be like, oh, yeah, no makeup queen, yes, whatever. Um, But there would also be people that'd be like, oh, my God, 
you have a spot that's disgusting oh my god you should put some concealer on that that's gross oh my god your hair looks messy that's gross like you know oh my god you're not wearing a bra that's disgusting <laughs> like of course i'm i'm not like i'm i'm at home by my damn self it is quite early in the morning i i have my shower i'm just in my fucking dressing gown who puts a bra on if they're wearing a dressing gown like what the fuck is that anyways but like somebody would find all these different things to fucking point out and bring to me and tell me hey here is a selection of things that are fucking wrong with you and even if I posted just like the perfect picture, the same thing happens, right? So it doesn't actually matter whether somebody spends hours posing for a picture, using filters, all this, or whether they just take a quick snap and post it. It doesn't fucking matter because some bitch is gonna come along and be a fucking input hoe and fucking try and tear somebody down. Like, it literally doesn't matter. And I feel like that is something that we never actually discuss when we talk about, like, authenticity and social media or whatever. (laughs) You know, it's like a lot of these people, many of which, by the way, a lot of people that kind of make their brand, like, be authentic, you know hashtag no filters or whatever a lot of those people already fit into western beauty standards so there is probably less for people to pick on do you know what i mean um and that's not their fault they didn't make the standards and i don't blame them for that i'm just saying like if you are like (laughs) you know if you are already what most consider to be the ideal form of attraction that's probably not as brave as you think to be like oh everybody should post like a a no makeup selfie like me with no filter I mean yeah you know I, I, I already was very genetically lucky but like let's not talk about that let's just talk about how brave I am like oh you know and a lot of those people also will not mention the fact that they will get you know hateful comments too because they do they just don't mention that because it doesn't fit with the story it doesn't sound good if you say to people and if you you know to the extent that some of them do will turn it into a brand and be like you have to be yourself you have to be authentic you don't want to tell people oh by the way uh when you do that and when you do become an authentic person and you're very yourself on social media you're still gonna get people like sending you hate you don't want to tell people that because it's gonna put them off and no one's gonna want to join you on your little journey um and you know what i feel like they should if we're gonna have these conversations about being authentic and you know self-image we have to include the reality of the fact that even if like look I don't know who all the big Instagram influencers are because like I'm 29 years old and I really just use Instagram at this point for self-promotion 
um, following drag queens and like tarot readings. <laughs> like I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm not keeping up with all the influences and stuff. And I, and don't even ask me about TikTok because I don't know. Um, but like, whoever these like big influences are, like whoever they are. Even these people that have millions and millions and millions of followers, obviously millions of people love them. Um, yeah, most of them are, you know, conventionally attractive by Western beauty standards. Even they, if they decide to take like a filterless, no makeup, someone else took this so I couldn't even decide on my angles picture, they will still be attacked so perhaps when we have the discussions about you know overly created images participating in negative self-image for young women which I do think we should have that conversation by the way I'm not saying by any means that we shouldn't because I do think we should I think as well as a companion conversation, we need to be talking about the prevalence of trolling and and hate comments. I fucking hate using the word trolling because it makes me feel like an old person that doesn't... (laughs) Do you know what I mean? You know when people will will say that like someone being like vaguely critical of a bad decision they made or something is trolling or like you know all I did was like say a bunch of white supremacist stuff and now these people are trolling me because they're saying I'm a white supremacist you know what I mean it makes me feel like that but like I'm actually making a valid point here so you know I'm actually using it in its proper like sense you know somebody who you know a troll you know someone who it doesn't matter what you do they are just going to relentlessly attack you because that's what they want to do so you could post um you know a perfect picture or you could post an imperfect picture you could post an authentic picture or a really fucking fake picture it doesn't fucking matter because they are not actually looking at your content they just want to fucking throw hate at you because that's what they want to do you know what i mean we should be looking at that as well because i can promise you these young girls that are looking at these influences and whatever and feeling jealous, you know what else contributes to that? You know what else is contributing to their fucking... the demolishing of their self-esteem? It's the fact that these young kids are probably getting trolled too. You can see it. You go to their profile and they're just posting, like, normal fucking pics or them having fun with their friends, whatever, and you'll get some fucking douchebag who will just, like start spamming like a fucking 15 year old girl's comments sending her abuse and hate because he's some fucking dickhead like in some kind of cyclone of self-hatred and he needs to take it out on someone else or whatever I don't know and social media platforms do so little about abuse (laughs) Like, I cannot stress this enough. They do so little about harassment and abuse, right? And so you have to ask yourself, is this part of the problem too? Yes, unrealistic beauty standards, definitely an issue. And yeah, maybe some people would be happier if they just, you 
know, turn the filters off and whatever and no more cosmetic procedures and we all just appear to the world as we came in, whatever. Maybe some people would be happy with that. But you know what? They're still gonna get hate. This is it's like my whole thing here. You know what I mean? Even though, right, I I actually I don't post like pictures of myself on like my main Instagram feed much anymore. Um and even then I will still get like people leaving negative comments about how I look or people fucking DMing me as if I needed to hear that shit directly um I get um people leaving like objectifying comments sending me really sexual DMs as if I needed to fucking hear that you know what I mean it's like even when I say you know what okay fine I'm just not gonna fucking post my fucking face or my body or anything I'm just gonna post fucking poems and and songs even then it still fucking happens so so it doesn't matter what you do you know women get told you know don't post an unrealistic beauty standard just be yourself just be authentic but you do that you still get hate you post absolutely nothing of how you look. So you are therefore not reinforcing any kind of unrealistic fucking beauty standard because you're not fucking posting anything of your actual physical self. And it still happens. That's that's the thing they never tell you. That's the thing. Um, I was just really annoyed the other day because someone sent me like a really really long DM it was there was all sorts in there you know there was stuff about how I was an attention seeker but then he was he was talking about my soul for some reason and then and there was the inevitable uh, very graphic discussion of of him raping me so that was that's a standard um and then there was all this stuff about me being ugly but then it was a very confusing time you know and I was sort of reading through it like wow I wish I was a lizard nobody fucks with lizards you know what I mean three times on your subconscious when you submit to my siren sweetness I know you love a girl who's mysterious and I am the daughter of the ocean and a total Aquarius so where do you want to go come and find me when I'm cloaked in the night sky let me live in your mind's eye 
always the ambiguous apparition with only one ambition to love and adore you. I've been really interested in the idea of invading people's dreams lately. But where would I go? And to what end? That's the secret. I just think it'd be interesting and fun. I mean, sure, it's a little unethical. But I mean, people do really unethical things all the time. And you don't see me judging them. I mean, you do, but like... justify myself to you I'm just a random girl from the internet hi I'm Jennifer Wan and I'm here with my brand new podcast what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business now listen I got questions and you got questions so let's get together and find out the answers Because politics is not nearly as complicated as a lot of people want us to think it is. So join me every week where I break down what is actually going on, what is going to happen next, and if I'm being real, laughing at how meme-worthy some of these kids are because they are ridiculous. When you tear down the smoke, the mirrors, the maces and the nonsense, British politics is a clown show. So get your popcorn, put on your red nose... And join me every week for all the gossip on all the guys, gals, and non-binary pals that run the country. around my children I have a story to share with you once upon a time there was a boy who wanted to be king of the world he dreamed of untold riches limitless power and endless adoration but the crown was the one thing his father couldn't buy him so instead he settled on becoming the prime minister of Great Britain and Northern Ireland be so hard he would often think to himself after all who was more qualified than him he had read every book about churchill at eton's library he was going to go to oxford to read classics so why not him ah he was a lonely boy a lonely boy often left waiting at the window for his father to return home only really finding himself company with his siblings But he told himself that the road to greatness was paved with loneliness. It didn't matter that no one liked him because one day everyone would adore him. So a little suffering was probably good for building character. He would spend hours in the British Museum studying all the great men that came before him and imagining paintings and statues of himself filling the halls. He pictured his thick blonde hair immortalised in granite and fell a little in love with the idea. 
never knowing that one day his hair would be thin and threatening to turn grey. It wasn't enough to be Alexander the Great. He wanted to be Alexander the Immortal. Alexander the Everlasting. And after all, why shouldn't he be? He wasn't allowed to be king because of some stupid rule about birthright. So the most beloved prime minister of all time was the least that his country owed him. The boy became Boris. Somewhere in the days of his hazy school days. He would turn up late, make the whole class laugh and debate with the best of them, honing his soon-to-be unforgettable persona. Ruffling his hair in the mirror every morning, he would go in search of the stares he had often given to the statues of his heroes. He was a scholar, a prefect, editor of the school newspaper and a future prime minister. So there was no harm in getting the adoration started now, right? Off to Oxford. The boy who became Boris was now old enough to start putting some plans into place and for his legacy to begin to seed. But as he often says now, alas, it was not an easy road. Our hero was about to find out that sometimes you can get everything you want and still be deeply unhappy. After an unsuccessful bid for president of the Oxford Union, he was successful in his second attempt. Finally, the king of something other than his family's affections. But, as he often says now, alas, his reign was unremarkable, and many questioned his competency and seriousness. For the first time, the boy who longed to be king was facing a public revolt. There was no guillotine, no storming of the palace, but their indifference to him tore him apart all the same. Didn't they know that he was the boy born to be king? Didn't they know that he excelled at debating when studying at Eton? Didn't they see all of his potential? Alas, apparently not. He tried to smile, falling in love to pass the time, reassuring himself that it didn't matter because the gates of Downing Street were still waiting for him. There was a lot of waiting to do. He waited in the lobbies as a journalist for a while before finally entering the world he felt born to rule. But of course, there were obstacles because he was a hero, my friends, and heroes must face tests before they are rewarded. It took many years, many fancy offices, many mistresses and many wives, but eventually he made it. Past all his peers and contemporaries, there he was, walking through the door he had dreamed of since childhood. The boy who became Boris finally became king, primarily because the monarchy had no real power anymore, and Larry the cat sitting on your lap was the only coronation anyone needed to rule the British Isles without much restriction. Am I jealous of him? I used to be. I'd look at him and I would become an inferno because I knew that if I had been given scholarships I didn't technically need and internships through family connections, I could become king of the world too. But today I've realised that I have something that he nor his father could never buy for him. I'd like to tell you that I could survive my life without adoration and validation, but it just isn't true. However, I will always know that when it comes, if it comes... I hope it comes. It will come genuinely. I have no power. I have no money. I have no influence. I have no house in the countryside. And neither do you. I'm just a gobby cow on the internet who writes poems, songs and poorly constructed political analysis. I have absolutely nothing to offer but that. 
except absolutely cracking cleavage. There is no secret benefit to being my friend or falling in love with me. Just a lifetime of pasta and pasta in front of a Doctor Who box set and the occasional holiday to Blackpool. So if there is anything to gain from being by my side, I haven't found it. And if there's nothing to gain from being by my side, I know that nobody is there to gain anything. Everybody wants love, you know. But when you have nothing to give but love, you're always certain that the love you get is probably genuine. And my friends, our hero, will probably never have that. Maybe he will have real love. Sincerely, I actually hope he does. But he will never have the certainty that it's real. Do I pity him? A little. Do I think it's a situation of his own making? A little. And that's why he tore himself to pieces, trying to make us all love him. While we watched our loved ones suffer. It was too much to bear to finally get to the top of the mountain and hear nothing but sobbing from the ground below. So at all costs, our hero wanted you to shower him with smiles. I think it drove him a little mad, actually. It began to eat him alive. You could see it a little more every day with every press briefing. The madness had become a monster, dripping poison in his ear as he slept. But the king was immortal, my friends remember. He was everlasting, so it never really killed him. And it was never really going to kill him, but but it did fill his body with, with doubt and desperation and fear. He'd stare at himself in the mirror, wondering if he truly looked statesmanlike, or if his secretary just said that every morning in the hopes that he'd knock her up so she'd be set for life on child support. He would pore over his old columns and wonder if they existed because he was an excellent writer, or because someone owed his father a favour. All the while, his beloved Britain was burning to the ground before his very eyes, and he knew he needed to do something. He just didn't know what. If only the people were happy. If they were happy, maybe the flames would just be a pleasant ambiance in the background. So he decided that at all costs, the people must smile. The people must laugh. The people must get bladdered at spoons and then get a kebab on the way home. Because happy people love their prime minister. And the prime minister was starved of love and suddenly so aware of it. Are you tired of lockdown? Don't worry, the king of the world will banish it. It might come back and that will definitely be your fault and not his, but it's gone for now. So smile. Do you want to be back in the pub? Then let's go. Lunch is on the king of the world. Eat out to help out. Some old people might have died to make it all happen, but they were old and you're young. So thank your hero with a smile. Love him, meme him treasure him. Oh, it might be considered a madness to let the bodies pile high simply because you desperately desire to be adored and celebrated. But my friends, Boris Johnson's ego actually matters more than your grandmother's life. I don't know if you're aware of that, but it's true. Do you not know it by now? I mean, Boris Johnson's ego matters more than your small business surviving or whether you can pay your rent or your mortgage. The whims of the mad king will decide the fate of a nation. Four countries bound together, having their fate decided by the boy who never really became a man. We owe him because he has had such a hard life. So we owe him. Smile as you slave away at a minimum wage job. Zero hours. Give him your best. 
Smile for Boris as your landlord hikes up your rent. Log on to twitter.com as you wait for a late bus in the pouring rain and pour praise on our hero, my friends. Let him know that you appreciate all his hard work and sacrifices. Smile for Boris, because truly, he has had the hardest life of all. And frankly, he goes a bit fucking mad if he thinks people don't like him. So go outside your house right now and clap for Boris. Clap for him, you fucking peasant. Take the rainbow flag from the tank top bum boys by force if necessary and wave it around for Boris. It's his flag now. Go out to your high street and spend for Boris. Don't be fucking tight. Leave no credit card unmaxed, my friends, because if the economy crashes, it will look bad for him. And he's your friend, remember? He was on panel shows and he has messy hair. So he's your friend now and you owe him. And if you don't do this, and if you don't love him, he'll be back in front of that mirror, doubting himself. And you don't want that, do you? So spend every penny you've got. Work until you can't stand up and for God's sake, smile while you're doing it. Because he needs this. He really needs this. So I was in the shower the other day and I... I asked myself a question. I said, why is he so obsessed with people liking him? Why is government policy basically shaped around whether it will make Boris Johnson popular or not? Why does he play these fucking games, leaking shit to the press, trying to see how people react and then reacting accordingly? Why is he like this? Honestly, I feel like that moment was the first time that I really thought about a man in the shower. But um, anyway, <laughs> and so I thought, you know what? I'm going to investigate. I want to know. I want to get to the truth. I want to dig deep into Boris Johnson's like mess. And I want to find out the answer. <laughs> So I spent a little morning researching the life and times of Boris Johnson and I came to some conclusions. I see him as deeply insecure. I feel like... I feel like there's a part of him that sometimes questions whether he would have the things he has... Like, I feel like he has these, like, little moments of clarity where he's like, oh my god, do I have the life that I have because I worked for it and I earned it? Or do I have it because I came from privilege? And I think those moments scare him. And he freaks out. And then he just tries to shake it off. And I feel like that's a part of why he's desperate to be liked. I think, you know, the other part, like, a lot of what I researched, you know, and what I found was, you know, he didn't really have... He wasn't a super popular kid, you know? He was kind of lonely. I kind of related to that because so was I. But, you know, the difference is I didn't go into politics, become prime minister and make people's lives worse. I I just wrote angsty poetry about it. Like, 
get a journal, Boris, damn. Um, <laughs> but I, I feel like he was very lonely, um, which probably explains why he wants to be loved. So he governs in a way that is kind of make people love me and think about the consequences later, which I feel was very evident throughout the pandemic. Um, look at me playing fucking armchair psychologist. Oh, yes. Um, I just, I feel like he's a very insecure person as well. That probably actually explains all the bed hopping, not gonna lie. Happy people that are secure in themselves don't do that shit. <laughs> like, not to slut shame, but I'm gonna slut shame. Uh, no. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know, just everything about him and everything about the way he behaves, the fact that he's always got to be, like, the loudest person in the room, he's always trying to, like, make everything a joke, he's always got his hair all messy, trying to be all funny and shit. It just screams insecure, lonely man who is still stuck in the mindset of an insecure, lonely boy who desperately needs other people to give him validation because secretly he's not getting it inside of himself he doesn't look at himself and think i am enough and so he needs other people to tell him that he needs other people to love him excessively because he's terrified of what happens if they don't I think it scares the shit out of him the idea of being unpopular because he probably you know and I'm speaking from experience when I was younger and I you know to be real like I was I was lonely I didn't really have any friends I also I got bullied a lot at school and I would just the way I got through it as I would think to myself one day I'm gonna do something real great and all these people are going to fucking regret this and they're all going to come crawling back and they're all going to be really sorry but I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry I got all my other fucking friends that I got, you know, that are so much better than you and fuck you and all this, right? I feel like maybe Boris is kind of doing that, I don't know but the difference is at some point when you become an adult you have to let that shit go you have to let the loneliness go the rejection feeling like you weren't good enough you have to say you know what sometimes that's just how your childhood's gonna be and you have to grow up and you have to say you know what I'm an adult now and I'm not gonna let the past control my life now because I'm here I have been given this opportunity to be alive some people don't even get that you know and I'm not gonna waste what time I have on this planet on this realm being you know, trying trying to essentially get revenge on the past, trying to show past me, you know what, it's okay, because look, all these people love you now, and it's great, look what I did for us, I made the people love us, you know, you can't do that, because, well, you end up doing terrible things, like, you know, fucking the economy, and, and, you know, ending up being one of the more wealthy nations on the planet, with huge amounts of poverty, and, and, you know, just absolutely batshit decisions, you know, (laughs) that's what happens, you have to learn to let go, and say, I am okay with the fact that I was, I was lonely, and I was sad, because you know what, 
I can I can make up for it I can put myself out there naturally organically I don't you know and if people respond great but if people don't it's okay because I'm gonna find people that are gonna understand me and they're gonna care about me and and love me and I don't need to make everybody do it I don't need the adoration of the whole world I just need to be patient and it will happen people will care about me I don't need to force it but I feel like Boris has never had that moment where someone has said to him or he said to himself I can't use everybody else to make me feel better about this you know loneliness that never got resolved I can't I certainly cannot use (laughs) the fate of the entire you know UK to make me feel better about this and I feel like maybe someone should tell him that because Jesus fucking Christ Boris it's about time (laughs) at some point you gotta let go and you gotta stop searching for love and validation from everybody you gotta stop looking at everybody and being like why don't you love me what can I do to make you love me do you want this I'll I'll give you this even though they're all telling me I shouldn't do this because it's like quite likely to help this virus spread I'll fucking do it if you want if you tell me you love me I will do this for you you know uh, if you've got all your rich friends around you and they're saying oh Boris just do this for me and we'll be mates we'll be they're not your friends bro I I feel like there needs to be someone in his life that just tells him, you know what? If you're doing something, it should be sensible, it should be reasonable, and you should be doing it for the right reasons. Not because you think it's going to make everybody love you. I do think it's quite detrimental for the UK to have a Prime Minister that is so obviously insecure and so obviously... um, reactionary based on how people feel about him and and whether they like him as a person I feel like I feel like you need a leader who is not afraid to say I'm sorry but no you can't have this right now even if it makes them unpopular um and I feel like because he's kind of torn different ways you know what I mean you know he can he can say oh yeah yeah you guys you guys want lockdown to be over even though the scientists said no don't worry you got it but then you go to him and you ask for something that we actually need you know can you give us money to feed vulnerable kids and he's like uh see well I would but uh, I've already look I've promised a lot of money to my already quite rich friends and and they're my friends, man. They let me go to their house and, and they make me feel included. I, I'm i sorry. No, you know? So I just... <laughs> I feel like that's part of the issue as well is that he desperately wants to be included. He feels probably like he's not. And I just, I don't know, I just get that vibe from him. It's kind of like, it's kind of like what I was saying about Michael Gove although depending on how I edit the show you might hear that later I don't know um but I get kind of a similar vibe from Michael Gove as well just kind of like this boy who is desperate to fit in desperate to feel wanted 
and so he says and does things for the sake of being popular and because he thinks it will make the people around him like him you know what I mean and it just it comes across really desperate because that's that's what it is it's desperation and that is a vibe I've always really got from Boris Johnson in a major way as well I just look at him and I just think desperate the fact that he was so um hungry to get the house of commons full again so he could have all his mps behind him jeering and yelling and hyping him up whenever he spoke it's because he's insecure it's because of the desperation he needs that validation he needs his mps stood behind him yelling yes boris cheering for him all this shit you could tell during the national insurance debate last week anytime one of his own mps stood up and said anything vaguely critical about the idea his face literally fell he looked like he felt it was a personal attack you know and people will say you know oh it's just politics but to someone like that it won't be because everything he says and does he feels is an extension of him because he's doing it because he's trying to get that love get that validation and I just I don't feel that having an insecure man child as prime minister is good I mean like it's it's like saying I should be prime minister no I shouldn't god I'm way too insecure for that I can't be pragmatic I'll be like making decisions based on my heart and and like whatever being fucking stupid and i'd end up just fucking everything up in like a week that's the same thing here like if you can't be in control of your emotions and you can't make decisions based on logic and reason and the evidence in front of you rather than what your heart is saying and rather than what your insecurity is saying you shouldn't be making those decisions baby because we're seeing the results happen in real time in front of us we're seeing people that have been hurt by Boris Johnson's ridiculous decision making that comes from insecurity we are seeing people that have suffered because of his decisions and I just I just find it funny how some people will make the argument that like women are too irrational and too emotional to be leaders and then you have Boris Johnson and I'm like this is a guy that like literally like on camera multiple times has like visibly like flipped out whenever anyone said anything vaguely critical to him this is a guy that makes decisions based on whether it will make everyone love him or not this is a guy who had to be told in a pandemic no you cannot go and visit the fucking elderly queen in case you infect and kill her like i'm obviously not saying me because like yes i'm a woman but i'm also like rational and insecure but there are plenty of like women that are actually quite sensible that should be leaders very good leaders uh we, we actually have one here in the uk her name is nicola sturgeon and we have no choice but to stand thank you for listening to sincerely jennifer with me jennifer Wan. If you want to find more of my work, you can on my website, jenniferwan.com. Or you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Reddit, SoundCloud, and pretty much every social media website ever, with the username, Miss J Squared. Thank you to my amazing top tier Patreon supporters, Amanda, Kylie, Melissa, Anna, Sam, 
Nature and the Ambient Radio. I'll see you next time.